Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on on the Broomstick. Hi, I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. And today we are going to talk about something so fun. Layla, tell us what we're going to talk about. (laughs) We are going to be talking about festivals at Brushwood Folklore Center. We're also going to be featuring some personal stories from people at Brushwood Folklore Center. Super exciting, by the way. And, you know, not everybody has had the opportunity to partake in, in summer festival season. And to you, I say put it on your bucket list. Oh, yeah. There is nothing like it. There's no vibe like it. You have not lived until you have been listening to drumming around a bonfire under a summer full moon. There's nothing like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, this is a festival. I mean, I would say what? Roughly maybe give or take about 2000 people participate. Uh, Maybe a little bit lower than that. Attendance since COVID is still down a tiny bit, but things are starting to ramp up. And they always do these festivals big at Brushwood. I'm talking about the Sankofa, which is relatively new. I think it's about a decade or so old. And the Sirius Rising Festival, which is going to be celebrating, I think, their 30th anniversary next year. Oh, I love Sirius. Now, if you're if you're unfamiliar with Brushwood Folklore Center, this is located in Western New York, and this Sherman, is an New out- York. Yep. This is an outdoor location. Um, I know that there are festivals around the country and internationally that are held in in hotels and such, but this is an outdoor location, camping the whole nine. The best bonfires you can imagine. It's almost like going home. It is home. They even say welcome home right when you come in, whether it's your first time or your 50th time. Brushwood started out as an artist retreat. Frank, the man who owned Brushwood, he's passed away. His wife and his daughter and her husband currently run it. He was an artist and he was one, I believe, of four brothers. And when their father passed away, the land was divided up into parcels. And Frank took the one that was the least farmable, but the most campable. It's beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. There are acres and acres of land, rolling fields. There are the fairy woods. There's ponds. There's a couple ponds. They have built over the years different areas. There's the Nemeton, which is a very spiritual place. There are shrines to each of the elements, the air, fire, water, and earth shrines as well. Fairy woods. The fairy woods, there's a spirit shrine with a labyrinth. The place is very, very spiritual. I found it when going to a festival for Zydeco music for a band called Hypnotic Clambake. It was the Hour Festival, the Outrageous Universalist Revival Festival. And as we were driving in in the middle of the night to pick our campsite, we go by what looked to me to be maypoles. And I'm like, (laughs) those are motherfucking maypoles. And as we roll down the windows, I hear the drumming coming from the roundhouse. And I'm like, that's pagan drumming. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is a pagan place. I know it is. I feel it. I feel it. And indeed it was. And I started going to the pagan festivals there ever since. And it's just a magical, lovely place. As you can imagine, um, 
I then was introduced to it by Layla yeah. and like, like to the point where remember back when we had seasonal sites there? Cause also folks, you can get a seasonal campsite at this place and you can camp even during non-festival season, which is equally magical on a different level. The people that camp there as seasonals love this place and it yes. is a true community and they yes. are all invested in making this very magical space even more magical and welcoming. There's some spiritual about Western New York. It really is. It's a great place. This used to be home to the Starwood Festival, which is now, I believe, being held in Ohio. So right. like Shell said, we highly recommend getting to pagan festivals because it is a wonderful way for those of us who don't have community at home, who don't have a coven or a group to worship with, to immerse yourself in a witchy pagan lifestyle. Right. And, you know, there are some great festivals all across the country, not just in, in upstate New York. And if you Google them, um, you're going to find that there are some good, good, reasonable prices. And I'm telling you, if you can get to one, it, this is like bucket list stuff. Um, yes. Truly, the, the, just the experience, you can't replace it. You can't. And they do workshops. And, and as we've mentioned earlier on this show, I was there as a presenter. I presented several workshops um, and we'll talk about those at a later date. But I did workshops on sigils, spell jars, and I did a three part series on podcasting on how to get your voice out there, how to, you know, get your magical witchy story told. And part of what I did throughout the week was listen to people's stories. How did they find Brushwood? How did they find these festivals? You know, what brought them home? And also, what kind of story did they want to tell to our listeners? So, you know, wh what did they have to say about themselves? And the very last day of, of the festival, um, the very last workshop I did at the festival, we recorded some of those stories. And one woman, a very famous pagan, um, a lot of you will recognize her name when we get to her story, told us two very moving stories. Um, so that was that was pretty special. And I was very thankful because although you were you were knee deep in, in hosting workshops at a festival, I was on my own private vacation. Sad, I was actually sad to be on my vacation, um, but I was actually able to tap in via Zoom uh, to the last workshop. So I as well was a participant um, in the conversation and, you know, great people, great stories and I really can't wait to share some of these stories with our listeners because this is part of why I like the festivals because you do get the camaraderie, you do get, you know, that that magical environment, but you get the workshops and you get these seminars where you can learn and gain information and make connections with people um, and kind of take things next level. It's not all about the ritualistic part of it or the quote unquote fun part of being out in nature and camping part of it. There's also that educational piece to these festivals. And again, you know, experiences that, that just can't be replaced. And you did the WitchCon online Correct. festival earlier this year, which was fabulous. So many Absolutely. classes, so many wonderful presenters. 
And this is the this is the same kind of thing, but in person, in person. you yeah. know, you'd get the workshops all day long that you get to choose from. And trust me, it was really hard to choose which workshops. That's the one to thing I to. hate about festivals because it's like nine workshops are all at one o'clock that I want to take. Right? <laughs> do I go to the belly dancing workshop? Do I go to the fire spinning workshop? Or do I go to paganism in the nineties? You know, it's like hard, I, I, man. It's hard, and, and and sometimes I get frustrated. So all you festival organizers that are listening, huh, there has to be some way where it's like pick your own schedule. Just saying. But with even with all the wonderful classes at night, there's the bonfires and the rituals and the dancing. The dancing, yep. And it goes until dawn. And falling asleep to the sound of drums is something that I love in the summertime. So it's that spiritual slash educational blissful week of happiness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I asked people how I was all about the stories. I wanted to hear people's witchy voices. How did they find home or how did they find their way home to Brushwood to these festivals? And also, what kind of stories did they want to tell? And Shell and I kind of explained how we found Brushwood, you know, I went there to a music festival and realized it was a, actually had a witchy heart and of course dragged my witchy bestie there with me <laughs> who also fell in love with it. Then we found out that another long-term friend of ours who ended up being in coven with us later also had gone there. Quite a few of our community would go and there as well. There, and you've been there and you've been there. Yeah. And we realized that all these people that we loved and cared about had connections to this place and had connections to these festivals. So like Shell said, it is a fabulous way to not just immerse yourself in that witchy lifestyle, gain knowledge, but also to gain a lot of connections and meet a lot of wonderful people, whether it's online or in person. And I know you you had you had the the blessing of being there for two weeks for both festivals and and you met some wonderfully fabulous people. Um, and made some beautiful connections. But just tapping in uh, to your final workshop uh, from my vacation, I felt like I was able to almost like transpose myself to brushwood for that little while and, and have those same connections. And I was able to interact with wonderful, great people. But unfortunately, I just couldn't see them in person. So straight from these wonderful pagans, we're going to give you a couple of their stories about things that they're interested in. I believe we have one gentleman who discovered a talent for ghost hunting. Which I love. Yeah. In his love of trains, he discovered he was picking up some ghostly voices. And so he's kind of gone with that. And then we also have Joe Frost, the daughter of Gavin and Yvonne Frost, speaking to us about the passing of her mother and some of her experiences as well. We're going to hear from um, some of our workshop participants, got some great stories. Also, interestingly enough, you know, we, we had a conversation with Joe Frost in this workshop. Fun fact, Layla and I participated in a workshop at Brushwood with Gavin and Yvonne. What would you say, like about 25-ish years ago? Yeah, I'd say maybe a little less than that. It was a very interesting workshop, very magical. Definitely pushed a lot of my boundaries. And the space that it was in was fantastic. But I can't say it was the most comfortable of workshops. I, I almost want to say that um, when I realized that Joe was a part of this workshop of yours, it almost felt like a full circle moment because of having done a workshop at Brushwood with her parents all those years ago. And then, you know, just recently doing a workshop 
via Zoom uh, at Brushwood with their with their daughter. It just it felt so full circle and it was it was wonderful. But let's stop talking and let's listen to your last workshop at Brushwood. We'll start our stories with Shannon from the YouTube channel, They Still Speak. Well, I would always take my camera with me when I, when I go up there. And yeah, I believe this was, yeah, this was how, this was the Halloween trains. Mm -hmm. You know, they get to their little pumpkin patch thing that they create there. And then they, they basically park the train while the kids and the parents and grandparents, whatever, get off and go pick out a pumpkin get their face painted and all that. And after the parents and grandparents and kids clear it off the car, I thought to myself, you know, this would be a good time to get some interior shots of the car. Sure. So I, you know, shoot the interior of the car. Didn't notice anything out of the ordinary at the time. So now this is like an old fashioned train car? It's that, well, Old-fashioned, yes. It's it. What it started as a Canadian National uh, commuter car mm -hmm. in the Montreal area. But anyway, I I shoot maybe five or six minutes worth of, of footage, mm -hmm. and after I got home later that night and downloaded it, I thought I'd well, let's take a look at it and see how it turned out. While I'm looking through it, I hear you know I'm the only one in the car at the time, right? And the kids and parents, they're far enough off in the field that I'm not really hearing them. Mm -hmm. But I hear this, what sounds like whispering. Oh, that, like in the background in of the your background, video? Yes. Oh my goodness. And I thought, well, I must be imagining things. Right. So I played it back again. Still there. You still hear the whisper. Yeah, the whisper. Yeah, it was still there. And uh, I was thinking... Am I, am I muttering to myself or something? But what happened next thoroughly dispelled me of, of that. Because I turned the volume all the way up on what sounds like the whispering. It is a man's voice speaking in French-Canadian. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And that matches the history of the yeah, car. Right. Which was built in, I think, 51 or 53 <laughs> for service in Montreal, where it stayed until 1996. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And that was your first experience that, capturing it on... That I'm aware of, oh, yes. wow. Someone went to work and, and they didn't realize they, realize they died and That's they were still working on the train. Quite possible. Or it's just a, someone who wrote it to work every day and back and maybe they're not, they don't realize they're dead yet. Right, exactly. Or they yeah. have some, you know, some real energy invested. Mm -hmm. They're having a very high emotional mm -hmm. experience, all the emotion gets trapped in the metal Exactly. The of the car. Yes, and we've noticed that repeatedly. It might not necessarily be that that person's spirit is there. It could be maybe they had a lot of intense emotions every mm -hmm. day on their mm -hmm. commute to work, and that imprinted right. on the the train mm -hmm. itself. And that's interesting. And then about the same time, I was shooting a lot of other train footage, mm -hmm. and so I thought, well, you know, if this happened once, and I started noticing I was getting all these voices on the. They use the sound. Well, they they can use they can manipulate any sound mm -hmm. to speak. They use the the sound of the train to speak the energy. And I've, I have gotten all kinds of of 
different voices, different ages, different accents. Some are very, very negative, very angry, and some are very kind and loving and even helpful. And I, one thing I, I have noticed in terms of evolution is that when I first started doing this, I would say that probably 90% of the EVPs I got fell under the, the classification of uh, angry or unhappy. You think that changed, though? Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I can see it in the most recent ones I've gotten in the, over the last, say, six months or so. It's now probably 60 or 70% positive, loving. I get various voices on there all the time telling me, I love you, we love you, or there was even one that said, God loves you. Oh, wow. Now, that was at a cemetery, though. Do you think that the the change has been where you're getting picking these off? Or do you think it's a change in you? What, I think it's what do you more in me that? because it's pretty much the same locations. Mm-hmm. Although I found that when it comes to me getting EVPs, location really doesn't seem to matter a great deal. Mm-hmm. I could turn my camera on in the middle of a mall parking lot and probably get multiple EVPs. Well, it sounds like from your earlier experiences, oh, wow. it, yeah. yeah, it could be, this could be a you thing, you I know, think, this I, is... th- I think it is, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like I, ha- I have a connection, mm-hmm. whether I want it or not, I have right, a connection, right? because it, it is a mixed blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, the only times I've really had a problem getting, e- just attracting EVPs was one time I took the, just as an experiment, I took the camera out and to the, the edge of this farm field that's miles out in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no houses nearby, no towns nearby. Nothing. 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 Hmm. That's been one of the only times that has happened. Usually I'll at least get one or two. And sometimes it's like wall to wall. And it's like once they get started, it's just... Everybody and, kind of wants... Once yeah. one comes in, everybody kind yeah. of piles in. Well, that's... And, and they will... They're all lining up for their conversation yeah. with you. Yeah. Yep, they find although that ha- opening. Although I have to say that some of the things that, that they say, it's like, okay, you have this microphone to the world, as it were, to speak. So why would the choice of first thing, first things to say be donuts or something like that? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I might say that. Right? Know, that's like a... Right? Yeah. Well, it's I, like it's like if you 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 have a message for the world. What is it? Donuts. Donuts. I wonder if some of that is due to the recording factor, as opposed to it being an actual entity that's trying to speak. If some of it could just be recorded. Yeah, in I, the... I've thought of that, but almost every time when I'm out by the tracks, it's just me. There's no one nearby. Now, on the outside chance that I could be just picking random snippets of conversation from several blocks away. Mm-hmm. That could be. But, I mean, I would encourage anyone to, to check out my, check out my uh, recordings and see, mm-hmm. you know, decide for themselves. Yeah, definitely. And again, what was the name of the, the channel? They Still Speak. Perfect. Thank you so much, but, Yeah. But, Caroline, did you want to say anything? Talk about maybe your experience here at Brushwood or anything that you've enjoyed here? Oh. I'm not sure... How much would fit? Uh, why don't you go on to Joe? Okay. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I was going to invite Caroline to speak because I think um, she and I shared the gong bath 
mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week. Oh, yes, and, I would love and to hear about Caroline that. And Caroline has such a special smile, and you can tell, you know, like she's enjoying her experience. It seems like you're enjoying your experience at Brushwood, and I would love to hear from you about, you know, like really fully engaging festival or the gong bath or something. It just as you know, I think you have something really special to contribute. I agree. Okay. All right. So, Michelle, this is Caroline. This is Shannon's partner, and I believe this is your first time here at Brushwood. This, this is my first time here at Brushwood. Uh, I have never oh, been I'm here so before. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> and it's been not quite what I expected. Uh, I am here because uh, Shannon had come to Brushwood and Starwood. And Starwood, yes. And, and wanted to come back, and I wasn't sure if he was going to be okay camping or... I wouldn't I have been. Better together, right? Better yeah. together. Yes. There you go. Uh, oh, she's, she, she was a Girl Scout. Uh-huh. Yes, and we, we, we got a decent tent and a serious cot, so uh, I figured, okay, I'll try anything, almost anything once. It's a good attitude. Uh, so, so I got here, and I looked at the program, and I said, okay, I've got to go try some of these things and just see what's going on. The first workshop I went to was on managing stress. Our presenter did not show up. <laughs> well, I guess they I have, manage their stress very well. I have a story for that. Oh. But so we have, here at Brushwood, there is North Stage and North Pavilion. Mm-hmm. So the story that I heard was the presenter went to North Pavilion to present the workshop, and the participants were at North Stage. And the presenter sat at North Pavilion and thought, wonder who all those people are there for that workshop. Who's, what workshop is that? And it eventually occurred to him it might be his workshop. Uh-huh. But he was afraid to leave the pavilion in case anybody came to the pavilion for the workshop. So uh-huh. there was a, just, a, just a touch of confusion between well, the two but a mix settings. Yeah. So it was... <laughs> At any rate, after about five minutes, one of the people said, well, we may not have a presenter. Let's just... Why don't we talk among ourselves? So we had a very good discussion. It turned out to be a very good workshop, probably very different from what it would have been if our presenter had been there. Uh, (laughs) And I'm glad to know what happened. Sometimes Sometimes those are the best ones, though, to be honest. So we, we, we exchanged stories. We exchanged different ways that we dealt with stress, everything from... Uh, medications and drugs of various kinds, to exercise, to biofeedback, to uh, relaxation techniques, uh, to shouting at the world, and and then at the end agreed that what was discussed was going to stay in the workshop. Nice. Uh, because nice. some of it was private. Well, I think that's a good, that's nice boundary setting right there. <laughs> yes. Good to take care of each other. I like that. Okay. Oh, um, let's see went to uh, the um, gong immersion for for women. Okay, this sounds interesting. It'll be a different experience. And and what a gong immersion is, it's a sound bath, right? They have different gongs and they they hit. Can you tell us a little bit about what went on? Uh, Well, there were a lot of people there and people managed to rearrange, get themselves arranged into places. Mm -hmm. And our, our presenter had... Do you remember having gongs? She must have little ones. Ten, probably ten gongs. Oh, ten. Nice. Thirty-some inches, little bitty ones. So all different size gongs. About ten mallets of different kinds. Wow. So we we sat there for about an hour. On one level, it was a gong concert. Mm -hmm. And on another level, it was a spiritual experience to uh, 
just listen to the sound and feel the sound come through you. And then in the background, there were robins calling throughout almost the entire hour. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. They are ubiquitous here at uh, Brushwood, and there is, in fact, a, a robin nest at one of the trailers. Very nice. And that I've been to one sound meditation like that. And uh -huh. when you said that you felt the sound, it was, on one level it was a concert, and on the yes. other you could feel it. You really can feel that sound. I was surprised and amazed, I think, when I went to it that I could literally feel it. It, it, it shifted my brain and my body. Did you? Yes. And I think... Uh... There, there is that recent movie called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which I think describes the experience because part of it I was feeling like the beginning of the universe and part of it I was feeling like the end of our universe. And, and then, of course, we came back to our current universe. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm so glad and, you got to felt, experience and that. And I felt, you know, sort of at the time that a lot of the people I know who have passed were there with us. They're always here. Yes. Everywhere. Sometimes you, we can feel them better but, than others. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes you feel them and sometimes you don't. So. I love that. That sounds like a beautiful experience. I'm so yes. glad you got that here. Uh -huh. I'm so glad. That's wonderful. So do you think you'll come back? Do you think we'll come back? I think. Probably. Yes. <laughs> uh, when, when, before I got here, this was in the category, okay, I'll try, I'll try it once, but I don't expect it to work out. But... You, you right had now, to be it talked is, into it. Yes. <laughs> and there have, been, there have been a fair number of birds here. I'm, I'm an active birder. So. so past the roundhouse, there's a path that goes back into the woods, and we're camped out there, and there's a variety of birds back there that you don't necessarily see up here. Now, is that getting into the fairy woods? I'm no, further that, back. You're further back. Okay. Yeah, because I don't people well. So I, <laughs> I relate to that. I like that. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to steal that. That's okay. <laughs> so we have about half an hour left, and we still have Joe and Ed. Ed the Ed. pagan. That's right. Ed the pagan here. If either of you would like to share a little of your story, I well, I had a couple of things, and you guys can kind of you know vote by committee about what. So there's the first thing, which is uh, I conducted my mother's service here Sunday, and then shaved my head afterwards, and then the other thing is. Uh, the kind of the crux of living loving our mother yesterday which is being able to be pagan in a mainstream way and live my values in a mainstream way so I don't know which one would be more interesting to the folks at hand Michelle you have a say if you'd like to have a say too um, so who who has an appetite for what kind of thing would you um Michelle Joe's yeah. offering to share either talking about um, her mother's service that she conducted here, or the living, I'm sorry, living, living loving, loving your mother? Our, yeah, living loving our mother. Do you have a preference for what oh she? Jeez, I'm intrigued by both. <laughs> this is a quandary. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a service for her mother because I like to hear about how people honor those who have passed from our spiritual perspective. And if you wouldn't mind, I, I also would like to cast my vote for that as well because I have lost several people this year and it's been oh, a tough year. Sorry. And so it's, it's okay. It's okay. And so hearing that, I think, might, might, be, might help. I think that would touch people. 
So um, my mother is, was, is, I don't think that's a past tense thing, Yvonne Frost. And so my parents are Gavin and Yvonne Frost, who founded the Church and School of Wicca and were activists in the religious freedom movement as well as in the pagan, you know, bringing witchcraft to everybody. Um, can, I, can I just stop you for a quick second? Did you say your parents are Gavin and Yvonne Frost? Yes. Yes. Wow, I'm glad I picked this one. <laughs> <laughs> I try to keep a low profile, but I, I think... Sorry for your loss, but I'm very thanks. interested in this. Um, I, I try to keep a low profile, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of own that role in the community. Um, and so I've been coming to Brushwood for nearly 30 years, raising my kids here. Um, did children's programming because that's what I wanted as a kid, because I was one of the few okay. children in the pagan community in the 70s. And so I kind of led the way to have children's programming at Brushwood when that was happening here. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's, it matters. We, we need to build this next generation. It does for sure. matter. So, um, so we are, I did my mom's service here. Uh, she, my mother, both of my parents were obviously interesting characters. It takes a lot of personality to be, to be able to stand up like that. And uh, they, they had very large personalities, and I was kind of the entourage for a long time. And I'm really comfortable with that role. I'm really comfortable about being behind the scenes. Um, so Gavin passed in, I think, 2016. And within about six weeks, it was clear that Yvonne was not really good at living on her own. And so I moved her in with me, and they weren't getting great medical care, and so I kind of managed all of that and improved things for her and helped her get healthier um and which led to healthy gut healthy life healthy gut and so i do a lot with fermented foods and building people up uh physically through kind of anecdotal although they're starting to research this more between healthy gut and what's happening in your brain mm -hmm. and so i got yvonne stronger and healthier and in, in the whole getting the aging mother stronger and healthier uh, just she just got meaner and meaner towards me because she's like this is not how I wanted to <laughs> stop controlling my life child I did my own religion stop this uh, so <laughs> she's quite a character and an Some interesting point person in roles right yeah absolutely an interesting person to live with so she was always a little bit of a um, uh, disruptor let's go that's the modern parlance for who she is and so she eventually at the beginning of lockdown um, had convinced one of her old bows prior to Gavin that she needed rescuing from me and my controlling her life. And so he came and rescued her oh, from boy. me. And so she spent the last three years of her life. Um, the older son called her the 90 year old, 90 day fiance. Uh, they remarried <laughs> and, and she spent three years uh, very happily with her, her husband and passed away February 14th uh, of 2023. And so her... I'm very sorry to hear that. I, I yeah. appreciate it. Her current husband, her the most recent widower, uh, he said she had asked for no service. But when I did Gavin's service many years ago, uh, she said, this is what I want. I want service and community, and I want I want this, this group. And Brushwood, of course, needed, because they had been coming here for 30 years, some kind of mark of that passing. And so she... Um, we did a service Sunday afternoon, uh, July 16th, and uh, we called quarters, and it was a small service. It was smaller than I expected because I did try to make it available 
for people to come into Brushwood on a day pass. So I have money kind of ferreted away so that people could come to Brushwood on a day pass to, to participate in Yvonne's service since it was the only service held for her. And uh, we, I wanted to open it because my mother and I had a difficult relationship. I started the service, invited people in. We, we sang, we all come from the goddess. And then I got out of the way so that people from the community could honor not just Yvonne's memory, but the, the dynamic couple that Gavin and Yvonne were. And so people shared their memories. We recorded that and we'll eventually broadcast that, but we wanted to edit a little bit of it. And um, but gosh, there was some beautiful stuff shared. And then uh, we went up to the studio after I shaved my head um, because I'm now the, you know, the oldest of the family. And um, there is a tradition. What is the significance of shaving your head as the as the elder of your family? Can you so, just talk about that real quick? So there's a little bit of cultural appropriation. There are people in the Middle East uh, who, um, it's traditionally Hindu families, I think. And again, it's vague. I meant to review it before I talked about it. But uh, the oldest son, when the parents die, the oldest son will typically shave his head. And I don't have an oldest son. So, uh, you know, to, to mark the passing of the generation... I shaved my head um, in honor of that rite of passage. I think that speaks to a lot of cultures. There are several cultures that have traditions around that, and hair is such a personal thing, and it grows with us through these years. It and holds everything. It, it holds, holds all of that. Yeah. And, and she was in some of that hair, Absolutely. you know? And, and I can very much see the blessing of, of the release of that as yeah. part of honoring. I'm, the only real interesting aspect of that is I'm pretty introverted. And, of course, shaving your head is like being pregnant. You become public domain. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so apparently a female with a shaved head. And not only is it people are like, we're really sorry that you're sick. It's all in my brain, guys. It's all mental health. It's not anything else. <laughs> and, and then it's, of course, rub the bald woman. So I, I've become the good luck Buddha of, of Brushwood. You're rocking it, by the way. I, Thank you. You know, I, 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 I feel for you for why you did it, but you actually look great bald. Well, well. I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep it. It depends on how my boss in the, you know, the mundane world handles it. Because I've pushed some boundaries at work before, and I, I'm not sure how she's going to respond to this. Uh, so watch her face. But I, but I may be keeping this for a while. Um, so we, we had a wonderful experience. There are some people who have come from a fur piece to uh, celebrate uh, Yvonne's life and uh, the neighbor here came about 800 miles uh, to, to celebrate Yvonne's passing yeah. and uh, just you know I feel like we, we've done done the right thing to honor her memory uh, and so I'm grateful for that. I know that they were I'll a part a, here. very late but all hail the travelers. Hail the travelers. All hail. Thank you for sharing that. I very much appreciate that. You know, and, and having... Yes, thank you. I have done service here for people, private ones that have passed. The space here, the, the, lab, the spirit labyrinth, and then the ancestor mound, the space here is fabulous. I mean, I, it's very... You, you can't walk out there without feeling it because of the people, I think, that have walked there and have come there with those emotions. Like you were saying earlier, Shannon. Right. You know, it very much is a place of peace and you know remembrance it's, it's a nice spot and i, I Gav love it. gavin and yvonne's wedding rings are at the ancestor mount mm. and contained within the ancestor mount now oh that's beautiful it's a nice that's tribute it's true that, that, that you're more likely to, to find spiritual activity at a location 
that has seen a lot of human interaction over the years yeah, with right. it. And that that's why you can go in like way out in the middle of nowhere and find nothing and just an area in a city or a cemetery or something and you will and lots of activity. Yes. Lots of people have been there and you know, mm-hmm. back and forth. And just like this this property uh, and here. Lots of intense emotions as well. The the people for decades have walked brushwood mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. this place has so many stories and has held so many different lives and people have met here and been created here. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's definitely a place that uh, brings a lot of characters, I think. And then there are presumably those who have transitioned to come back. That's right. And then they come back, we hope. And then we have Ed the Pagan. Actually, um, Ed, why don't you come over here? Oh, no, I'm yes. going to say, I want to say this really quick. Um, I'm Ed the Pagan. I'm glad to be here at Rushwood. I think you should be listening to this. But I want to hear your second story. I'd like to give up that time to hear the second story. <laughs> I would like that as well. Thank uh-huh. you, Ed. Well, and so everybody listening, and uh, this is a rare opportunity for me. I'm really excited to have met you, Ed. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yes, we would love to hear your second story. So if you want to know more about the Church and School of Wicca, there is still a a living, breathing website, although I'm navigating some technical issues. It is wicca.org, so W-I-C-C-A.org is our website. We have YouTube. I have a Twitter handle. We know all the social media stuff. Um, So Living Loving Our Mother is something that I have invested a lot of energy in. Um, We, as pagans, we don't often feel welcome into community unless we somehow hide who we are and what we're doing. I, I think, you know, culturally mm-hmm. uh, in the United States, of course, we have a lot of conservative people with conservative values who are somehow louder than people with less conservative values. And yeah. so um, I, I see lots of nods happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, Particularly in some parts of the country. Well, and I'm, I'm a teacher in a high school in West Virginia. So mm-hmm. I absolutely respond to that. You, um, you have my sympathies. I'm good. So I teach math so that people don't think I'm recruiting for Wicca in the math classroom, which would be kind of an entertaining uh, behavior. But um, in in living my values, the Church and School of Wicca's mission statement is to create green spaces in places that are, are less green. And at my high school, there was a pond donated by a graduating class. And the pond uh, had become stagnant and was one of the most toxic sites in West Virginia, as determined by the EPA and the DEP. Right, right. And so, you know, the pond was donated and built around the time the Church and School of Wicca was started and around the time that I was started. Um, And I thought, this is something I really want to get involved with. And I'm a master gardener, so green space is master garden, and that kind of is really complementary to our mission and they're reclaiming this pond and making it a more green site and so we have been involved now for about five years with um, putting in pollinator gardens and putting in and naturalizing that habitat so we have a wetland there now and this is all at this high school so it's you know it's all the biology classes get to go out there and identify plant life and bird life and and insect life and so they're really having you know we now we have this outdoor lab at this school and uh, this year we raised enough money with my sustainability club to plant 21 native trees at the site and so Earth Day was a very hard very long day with an awl going into old kind of beat up ground planting trees but so we're, we're trying to build this green space and the site itself with this reclamation project has been nominated for an EPA success story. 
So I'm living my values hard. Yes. Right? Doing but, the work. But it's not, you know, people are not saying, oh, this is this pagan thing and we, we can be resistant to the pagan thing because I'm, I'm reclaiming the, the wetland. So I've heard that twice and I just want to speak to that quickly is you're the second person that I've talked to, one with another presenter, who is living pagan values out loud, who is using them in the community but feeling the need to tone down the pagan aspect of it and, and but doing these things and presenting them in a, a more palatable way to the mainstream, I guess. And I, I'm feeling a way about it. I, on the one hand, I'm loving it because get that shit out there. We need to do this. We need however we can get the right message out there, do it. And on the other hand, I'm like, why can't we say this is a, a pagan thing? And I... So I don't know. It's, it's tough. And I'm loving that you're doing it, though. I don't want my children to have some of the early memories that I have. Of Not the cross exactly. being burnt in my front yard, of brand new kitchen cabinets being yes. shot out from the road, and there being no repercussions. Yeah. Um, you know, exactly. I don't want yes. my children to have those experiences. So they've had some pushback. You know, teachers or people in the community have felt empowered to hand my children Bibles and say, you need this in your life. Holy Bibles, not witches of Bibles. And say, you need this in your life. However, my children have said, we're not confused. We get presents at Christmas and at solstice. We're good. So <laughs> right. um, that, I think that's a much healthier reaction yes. than what I had. Um, but Gavin and Yvonne were advocates and they were fighters. And they, mm -hmm. you know, and you huge. saw the difficult, as the person who bore the brunt as the child, you saw the difficulty of that. And right. so... So my children have, have had very different childhoods than what I did. And, yeah, and, and again, that, that goes to my, I love that you're doing it and that you found a way to do it to protect yourself and your children and, and to still get the message out there. But I hate that you have to be quiet about it. Sucks. I can answer from a financial point of view. I just got finished being uh, almost eight years a industrial worm farmer in Chicago, selling worms through Amazon and compost and all of that. And I was at the worm guy. You know, even though I was still doing pagan values, nobody wanted to hear my values. What they wanted to hear, oh, you want to sustain the earth, and two, you're going to save me money. So it became more important for them to live by <laughs> the values of being an earthworm farmer, right, and being this sort of thing, than it was about my spirituality. Gotcha. And, uh, and when they found out my spirituality, they go, oh, that makes sense. You're, get, you're giving us money. So it was better for them to learn what we were doing first, and I agree with you. And my teenage children had the same. I was more active as a teenager. My teenage children, my grandchildren don't even have an effect. It gives you such an impact. My children have asked me never to carry pictures of them in public. I, my wallet, if you get it, it's only my ID. There's no pictures of my kids, no addresses, no families, no numbers. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And that's because with what you, you went through it much worse than, than they did. Right. Yeah, to that degree. Hmm? It's hard. It's hard. You know, activists, pagans are hard on their children. And we should respect that. Hmm? Yes. Well, and I've had people ask me, you know, we, we want to be leaders in our community. We, you know, and their kids are playing at our feet. We want to be leaders in our community. And I'm, it can wait 15 years. Mm -hmm. You can wait and take care of the family first and bring those kids up in a loving, hopefully safe environment. Yes. So that they can not have those difficult memories, but still have the good ones and, and start to, you know, live those values and out loud. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I can't believe it's been this many decades and we're still still in the broom closet in, the in a lot place. of ways. I like that as a title for something. Still in the broom closet or in the broom closet. Yeah, still in the broom closet. Well, we're back on the broomstick, so. Yeah. <laughs>
take the stick out of the closet. That's right. Take it out of the closet. You, you got to crawl before you walk. Yeah. You got to walk before you yeah. fly. Yeah. You, know, you got to. So we're, we're still crawling for fighting for acceptance and fighting for And I love your pond project. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. You took something that was the most toxic site and now you've won an award. For the biggest turnout? I mean, it's a team. It was definitely a village. It wasn't just me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a lot so, of work. Yeah. I love that. I, that's fantastic. And it, it's a big enough pond that, that you said um, the biology students go out there and they use it as part of the curriculum and everything. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thank you for doing that. I think that's wonderful. And for teaching the class here about it. Gut health and the whole fermented food. You touched on that a little earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pick your brain on that I may, may need to retitle it Rage Cooking because you make cabbage weep, which is really kind of <laughs> Well, see, Rage Cooking would probably get more people interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's a title right there, for sure. <laughs> I might actually learn to cook for that. <laughs> it's not dinner till somebody bleeds in our house. And I'm a vegan, but it's not dinner till somebody Someone bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we are just about out of time so i'm going to say thank you so much and i appreciate you giving up a little bit of time there for joe oh, but this if- is this is a rare opportunity everybody can hear me so if you want to hear me big world tv and that sort of thing you can find me easy that's right joe, Joe's i want to see, I want see more of her that's right <laughs> that's I mean, said. That's we want to see more of her we do actually you have a unique voice and 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 something that people need to hear you know with all the things that you're doing it's so important and, and focusing on the kids Coming here with my kids is, I think it was one of the best things that we did with them. You know, the things that they learned, the memories that they made here, the classes they went to, it, I think it's really helped them be more caring people. And so I love, you know, I love that aspect of what you've done as well. You know, it's really We good. noticed a difference. And for any parent who's listening, who's on the edge about whether or not they take their kid to a festival, be selective about where you take your kids. But... You gotta, you gotta take your kids to festival because my kids were different the years that we were unable to make it here. They, the years they were much more grounded through the winter. They could help them manage school, all of those things, and deal with the mundane world um, in a different way. But the years that we didn't make it here, I could see a difference. I agree. I think even for adults here, the the freedom that you have here to be who you are. You know, to literally dance to your own rhythm and be, you know, express that part of yourself is so important for people. Just community. But I'm going to thank you all and thank Michelle. And uh, I'm going to stop recording now. But thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This was wonderful. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of your week at Brushwood. And I'm very jealous. And I appreciate all your stories. And I hope to see you all next year. Hope you make it through the storm. Yes. Good luck with that storm, Shell. Interlude music. I want to thank everyone who participated in my workshop so much. You guys made Brushwood and the festivals this year so much more meaningful than it has ever been. I had such a good time. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate everyone and all your stories. And I appreciate you letting me let me tap in uh, and, and, and participate in the last workshop with you. Um, I had a lot of fun and it was so great to just hear these folks' stories, even though I couldn't be there. You know, it almost felt like you were right there. We have been there together so many times, Shell. It 
we have to go again. Meet hopefully next year. We will both have seasonals there again, and we'll absolutely, be able, we'll be able to fall asleep listening to those drums, or maybe even doing some drumming ourselves coming up soon. But for for now, we have to say till next year to Brushwood,、um, and we hope that we can stay connected with some of the great folks that that we interacted with and met this week. I'm gonna give you a spoiler. We already have. And our listeners, oh man, witches, hold on to your broomsticks because dun, dun, we've got some great episodes coming up for you in the near future. So, spoiler alert! You better keep listening because we got some surprises coming. That's right, and keep it witchy. Keep it witchy.